Dame Dollar goes for 71, and Paul George hits another three-quarter court bomb after the buzzer. The game goes into overtime just like the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers Days before, after I said on the podcast that I hadn't seen it ever, it happens twice in a matter of days. So let's go back and relive the ending to the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers as we begin episode 28 of the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. Inbound to Smart, bounce past Tatum. Tatum puts up a three. Bang! Jason Tatum from downtown, 1.3 remaining, no timeouts left for Philadelphia. Listen to Breen, he sounds like he's jizzing in his pants. I think it is. I think he just came with his pants like that uh, other announcer. They'll have to check it. Who was it? Who came on the announcer? And B. We will review this last second shot after all the rule on the floor. Is it Cam Thomas? Cam Thomas just came in Just came on me. Absolutely still in his hands. Replay center confirms your on-floor decision. No bass. It's official. What a road victory for the Boston Celtics. They the Celtics winning there today. Brilliant. I was fucking that was great. Welcome, everybody, to the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. I am Rodney E, the pod god of sport comedy podcasts, and I'm here with the Oracle. How are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? Not too bad. We've had a bit of a gap. We're sans Matt again today. He's busy. He's he's a busy man. He's got family and other podcasts and, you know, former NBA head coaches to council and uh, NBA uh, rings and nets. To be adjusted and fixed. Yeah, I think he's setting up his own shop with fucking Umayadoka, and you know he's he's doing the old try before you buy fucking the pre- boots before he roots. Uh, pre-fucked shoes. <laughs> it's a store for pre-fucked boots and shoes. <laughs> so don't don't blame him. Hands are full. That takes precedence over doing the doing the podcast. Fuck it, let's get straight into it and not apologise to anyone. We just heard there the ending to the 76ers and the Boston Celtics today. Epic finish to the game, Oracle. Uh, Embiid hitting the three-quarter bomb at the end there after the buzzer. Uh, did you see he knew straight away he was too late? He just started walking off the court. Absolutely, yeah. It's, his body language just said, yeah, that's going in, but it's after. Even the whole team was walking off while you know they were, they were fucking reviewing the footage to make sure it was... After he, uh, yeah, he was still in his hands when the uh, buzzer went off. Pretty good game. Horford kind of saved the Celtics in that game, I think, with his streak of threes. They ran a nice play for Tatum at the end there to get him open and to shoot that three-pointer. Got Melton on his heels and 
rose up at the top there and just just nailed the three for the Celtics to go ahead and um yeah, shit. I reckon if Embiid hadn't dribbled the ball, he would have got that off in time and would have tied it. Yeah, he wasn't too far off from Pama. Yeah, just a couple of hundreds was in it, really. It didn't miss it by much. No, but then again, you got to think, as as like my way of thinking is, you know, did Tatum really have to put up that three? He still had a lot of time. Yeah, I would have preferred that he that went in after the buzzer, of course, so that the Celtics get the win on the shot. But, um, yeah, he's got to figure that timing out a bit better. I still think the play was run pretty much 100% how it was supposed to go and he made the shot uh, so it's good if the Celtics go if they win like what are they they're 44 wins now so they got to go they got to win another 16 games to get 60 wins you reckon they get there how many games are left in the, left in the season about 20 what 23 or something 20 odd yeah something like that yeah it's going to be what's their run like do you know what their schedule is like is it hard or not quite sure how many tough games are in there. They've got a bit of a stretch of away games, I think, like any team does, you know, closing out the season. But yeah, I reckon they can get it. I reckon they can get sixty wins. It won't be it won't be a failure if they don't, but I think they're built to be at least a sixty win regular season team, the way they're made up. You know, you've yeah. got white coming off the bench. I mean, you expect a fair bit from those guys because they're starting caliber guys, really, on other NBA squads. It's also going to depend on Milwaukee as well, because um, yeah. you know they've been on a massive win streak. If they nice. keep if they keep on their win streak, you know towards the end of the season, you'll see teams start to rest their star players. Are they going to you know is Boston going to say no? We want the uh, number one spot in the well, East. I think today's game basically speaks to that because the Celtics maintain number one by beating Philadelphia today. Had they lost, they would be second on percentage to the Bucks. Giannis got injured first quarter yesterday, so we're recording this on the 26th February. Uh, yeah, yesterday's game saw Giannis go off, I think it was against Miami first quarter. So likely you'll see him rest a fair number of those, you know, the final stretch of the regular season for the Bucks. That should make it easier for Boston to hold on to number one. It might, uh, might help Milwaukee too because, you know, Middleton, he's still fairly slow getting back into his stride. So, you know, he uh, might get some extra minutes. I think he's still on a limitation of minutes he can play at the moment. So, you know, this might help him find his groove again and uh, get ready for the playoffs. 100% Oracle. That's why they call you the Oracle. You can see the future. <laughs> That's exactly exactly right, man. Middleton has been on a uh, on a restriction, so good excuse to get more minutes into him. He looks fine to me. I think he's progressing nicely health wise, so he's ready to ramp up his minutes and you know get some more minutes into Joe Ingles and Bobby Portis. These guys leading up to the playoffs. I think the, that's. I think you're right. I think it actually work out good for Milwaukee to rest Giannis a bit down the stretch, and they're a decent bench. They're a deep team too. They can still get wins. Without Giannis there, they've proven that. Well, now they've got Crowder. I mean, you don't know what type of shape he's in. Nah, but uh, as long as he's good for the playoffs, I think as long as they can insert him into lineups during the playoffs, that's why they want him there. Another rotation yeah, well, player they can just throw out there. He's got to get that rust out and make sure he's uh, ready to go for the playoffs. Yeah, he'll be right. He'll be good. Bucks will be still a um, highly rated team going into the playoffs. Giannis's health is obviously, you know, it's going to affect things a bit, but I don't think he did anything major. I don't think it's anything to, to seriously worry about or even talk about too much. He'll just rest a bit leading up to the playoffs until he's 100% again. Yeah, well, for sure. Can Philadelphia win championship, you think? Oh. Doc Rivers, the uh, man I mean, with the flabbiest chest in the NBA? Yeah, no, I, I don't <laughs> think so. So it's a no for Doc. Mm, and mm. the 76ers, too bad there. 
because um, Embiid and Harden, they're good players. It was a good game today for the most part. I think the Celtics sort of went to sleep for a while. They came back with a big run. They were tired from that, allowed Sixers to get back into the game and it finished close. So they made some good plays down the stretch, the Celtics. I was pleased with the win in the end. But 76ers, I mean, they don't seem that far behind to me. And they'll come up again in the... uh, We'll talk a little bit about the trades that happened in the NBA recently in a segment coming up. But yeah, Celtics, Philadelphia, one of the more decent games this year. Maybe the best finish to any game this season. Maybe? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so far, you'd think. Even though it was an after-the-buzzer thing that could have tied it. It's still That's still a pretty dope finish. I don't know the last time I saw that, you know, a three-quarter shot. <laughs> To tie it just after the buzzer, just after the uh, red light was illuminated at the top of the backboard. I think it has happened this season. I'm not 100% yeah. sure. Though. Fuck, I can't remember. Uh, I think. Oh, I might have to have a look. There's definitely been some bombs hit from long range to end quarters, end games and stuff. There was one of those did to win the game, wasn't it, by Jordan Poole or something? Can't remember anyway. Who gives a fuck? It was just something that happened in the NBA. So, so many things happen. Who gives a fuck if you miss something? There's always next game. <laughs> There's always some other fucking game on somewhere. All right, let's yeah. uh, let's move on. NBA sliding doors. Well, Durant, let's just talk KD, TJ Warren going to the Suns. We've got to say, like, this mid-season trade, Period. A fucking fair bit went on. Well, this was a 14 deal in the end. We heard about KD first, and then we heard about all this other shit. This is the Nets haul from the trade. Mikael Bridges, Cameron Johnson, Juan Pablo Volet, 2023 first round pick from Phoenix, 2025 first round pick from Phoenix, 2027 first round pick from Phoenix, 2028 first round pick swap from Phoenix, 2028 second round pick from Milwaukee, 29 first round pick from Phoenix, 29 second round from Milwaukee. The Bucks get Jay Crowder. The Pacers receive George Hill, Serge Ibaka, Jordan Wara, three first future second round picks from Milwaukee and cash from the Nets. Pretty complicated there, but KD with Phoenix, does that make him a title contender? Can they win it? Well, again, I mean, on paper, you say yes. Their starting five is pretty decent. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, KD, Aiton, and whoever else is there. But they're pretty thin bench, you know. Can they win it like that? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they pick up some uh, some free agents just before the playoffs start or very shortly just to, you know, they lost. They did lose a lot of bench, so, you know, yeah, they got to... to- fill out the roster a bit on the sideline there. Apparently, KD is back in a few days. Is he? I think they play Milwaukee or something tomorrow, the Suns, so... Yeah, they they even said uh, Milwaukee or the Hornets on Wednesday. I bet you it'll be the Hornets. I bet you he doesn't bother playing against the Bucks. No. It's KD we're talking about. Yeah. He'll bide his time and take a few games off. Just sit back and observe. He's just sitting on the sidelines there going, yeah, I'm coming. They're coming uh, here and uh, he's running shots how, all fucking day. Like that shot, that team's shot charge is is just going to be all from the mid-range, right? Wait, well, KD, KD's got decent range. Chris Paul. Yeah, I mean, he's going to shoot the three too. They're all going to shoot the three as well. But I think that's that's going to be what you'll see. They just, just pull up jump shot. You're going to see 50 to 60 of those a game from Booker, KD and Chris Paul. Yeah. Aiton will just be there for blocks, rebounds, and 
you know, close to the hoop stuff. If they can uh, all stay healthy and on the court, yeah, they're a chance. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Bit too thin for my liking. And it all comes down to chemistry for them. See if they can put it together. What about the Clippers adding Plumley and of course Russell Westbrook as well? Uh, does that make him? I think they're look. They're, this Clipper team is a smoky contender now. I reckon yeah. it was before. I think it was even before the trades happened. They picked up Plumley as well from the Hornets. I mean, the, the Clippers they got a real good bench, and you know Powell, who's averaging I think he's averaging like seventeen yeah, off he the comes bench, out and just. Is on fire from when he comes out onto the court. He just comes out and starts launching. And a lot of time it's going in. But yeah, no, you're right. The Clippers are going to be real smoky, I think. Kawhi's just coming good now, I think. He's just hitting his stride now. You know, Paul George has had a good year. They're solid. You know, they got lots of guys who can come in and do a role for him. You know, Luke Kennard just comes in and strokes threes. They got a lot of three-point shooting. That's why Westbrook fits. He doesn't need to shoot the ball at all. He, he looks like he's loving it there. If you... He, he does look a lot happier already. You can tell. I mean, yeah, the, the fact of the press conference again. and the shit around he had. He just, he just, he's, he's smiling. You can just tell his body language. He just seems a lot happier. He's fucking loving it. Not being under LeBron's wing at the Lakers. There, I don't think. I don't think LeBron's that well liked. I mean, he's certainly not well liked on this podcast. But I don't know if there's a lot of dudes in the NBA that like him that much. Nah, I think was it. Beverly that said there's the shit that, that's been happening in the background. Hey, uh, let's talk about Patrick Beverly because the Bulls played awesome against the Nets the other day. They beat him by what, 189 <laughs> points or something? <laughs> um, and I think 43, I think it was. So is that the Patrick Beverly influence there? Did he did he fire everyone up? And is that going to continue? Well, that's what the Bulls have needed. But from what I saw, like he, Alonzo Ball, would he come and Control the offense. He would tell players to get in certain spots, and he would just direct the offense. And we haven't had a decent point guard to do that. Just to tell everyone where they need to be, what they need to do. Yeah, just run the offense. And Beverly just came in like I was surprised he started the first game. And I thought, okay, we'll see how this goes. But that's what he was doing. He was yelling. He was telling players what to do, where to go. He was being that point guard that we've needed. And defensively as well like you know you, you put Caruso and him on at the same time and it's going to cause a can't that will cause problems for teams let's see how that goes I think it's a pretty interesting situation in Chicago there now with Beverly there and especially seeing how they played against the Nets the other day they looked inspired they were organized on defense they were scrapping again shots were going in you know Beverly made an impact straight away crowd seems to like him and I think yeah yeah, he. Uh, that's what the crowd likes as well about him. He he's that you know he's that fucking uh, shin boner type of player that that will fucking will just try his hardest, and that's what the Bulls love about those, especially homegrown players. He's going to give you maximum effort. Whatever value he gives you on the court will probably vary, but he's going to give you maximum effort and energy. Yeah, and look, he's not going to fill the stat sheet for us, but he's no. going to give that leadership that we need off and on the court. He needs to help other guys to do that, I think. Yeah, he's going to he's going to provide that spark, that kick up the arse that some yep. of the Bulls players need. The mouth in the locker room that's a little bit annoying, but necessary. Yeah, definitely necessary. If no one else is talking, someone's got to open the dialogue, and I think we could all see Patrick Beverly uh, performing in that role fairly naturally on an NBA team. In the locker room, he'd be pretty loud. And uh, yeah, from all reports with the previous teams that he's played for, that's what he's done. He, that's what he's been. He's been loud in the locker room as well. I'd say that's why the Bulls saw a lot of value in getting uh, Beverly over there. Now, just a quick amendment. I did mention Luke Kennard 
on that Clippers team. He's actually <laughs> he went to Memphis. <laughs> he went to Memphis as part of a deal with the Grizzlies, Rockets, and Clippers. They also Clippers added Eric Gordon as well. So that's another guy who could just come on and shoot threes, get to the hoop. He's old, but he can still do it for five, ten minutes a game. That's just another yeah. guy they can throw in there. They might be the deepest team in the league. Oh, I think he he he's uh, be very happy that he's out of Houston at the moment. Yeah, he's. <laughs> Fuck Houston. I mean, you know, they're not even trying to get to the playoffs. No. Celtics get, uh, Celtics acquire Mike Muscala from OKC and they gave up Justin Jackson to future second round picks. Pretty happy with that, actually. Justin Jackson wasn't a part of the rotation. A couple of second round picks for Muscala, who can basically come in and be another Luke Cornett or Al Horford type, providing a bit of defense and three point shot. I'm actually surprised, just thinking about, uh, you know, he's not part of the rotation, and that's old Paddy Mills. Like, he didn't even play against Chicago. This is on the Brooklyn side you're talking? Yeah. Yeah, he's been buried a little bit in Brooklyn there. Uh, yeah, I, I just thought, you know, a little bit off topic, but um, I thought maybe he would have asked for a trade or got traded because they just haven't been using yeah. him. And, and I'm sure there'd be a lot of other teams that uh, would love to have him. Absolutely. I think you're kind of, he, he was overlooked before the uh, trade deadline, wasn't he, Paddy Mills? He could he could have easily stepped in for Miami or, uh, you know, anyone. I can't imagine who he wouldn't play well for, you know? Yeah. Definitely Phoenix. I mean, he would have fit right in there, I reckon. He knows KD pretty well. Even even the Lakers, they need yeah, shooters. Absolutely, absolutely. The Lakers they should have been fiending for a guy like Patty Mills. Patty Mills, the most overlooked player in the NBA right now, possibly. But, um, talking about players getting another chance was uh, you know, James Wiseman getting traded to Detroit. I reckon that would be good for him. Yeah, you reckon he'll be an NBA player? I'm still not convinced. Oh well, I'm not convinced, but it's, it just gives him the chance. He, I don't think he would have got the chance in. Golden State and with how they played ball. That trade involves four teams, Warriors, Hawks, and Blazers. Gary Payton the second went back to the Warriors, and the Hawks got Sadiq Bay. Blazers got Kevin Knox. Five future second-round picks as well. <laughs> <laughs> Some of these trade details are just uh, fucking stupid. Not too many times where you see a second-round pick sort of uh, stick. Uh, okay, so you got Sarich and the Suns received Darius Baisley as well. Now, Baisley played well in his minutes for OKC. He's he's a guy who might see an increased role with those other four guys. He's a rookie or a second-year player, though, so it doesn't move the needle too much, though. No. Still very much an unknown quantity. Um, any other trades of note? Well, for us Aussies, Matisse Thibault got traded to Portland. That's right. He did. And from all reports, even Lillard has came out and said he loves him at the moment. Just uh, say what he does on defense, he's just he just he won't give up. He just keeps going at you and at you. And he had a solid first game with Portland. He uh, got 14 points, and I think if it was he's four. Scoring, if he is scoring the ball, then yeah, he's like that's much more than he what he was doing in Philadelphia. Let's hope that uh, he turns his season around with Portland there, especially if he's seeing an increased role, and more minutes. Because we know what he can do defensively. He's an awesome defender. Gets in the passing lanes, steals, rebounds, blocks shots. Well, the first week he was in Poland, he's averaging two and a half blocks a game and one and a half steals per game. There you go. See, he's a guy who could add a lot of value to Portland. And in my view, I think the Blazers are going to have to play pretty well in the playoffs to knock off these other teams. Another one that I just want to mention quickly here is uh, Jacob Pirtle. Got traded from the Spurs to Toronto. Yeah, he's fucking killing it at the moment. 
and yeah, he's seeing a, an increased role for. I think he, I think he, um, yeah, he makes the Raptors a, a little bit better. Another guy who can defend for him and hit a three as well. Bit of defense. Yep. They're a team that I think the Celtics would rather not see in the playoffs. Toronto, we don't want to see them if possible. No, nah, the, the, the you don't know. They they could be a team where they played shit in the regular season, sneak into play in the play-ins, and then all of a sudden get to the second round. All right, now let's just quickly we we've glossed over the uh, the Kyrie going to Dallas. That happened a bit earlier than those other trades. But are the Mavericks gonna gonna shake the playoff tree at all? You're gonna say no, aren't you? I think they'll go better than what they were gonna do if they didn't do this trade. It's there's, it's gonna it's gonna bring them a step closer. They're certainly not a defensive team. No, they're no. Gonna uh, score that ball. Every time. That's what they'll be looking to do. You'll see high-scoring games with them. Like that I mean, uh, fucking game the other day we saw uh, it was double overtime, 150 million points to 149,990,999 points. I think that's what it ended up being, final score. Yeah, somewhat. somewhat. Oh, no, I think it was a bit more than that. Yeah, it was, I think, 175-164, something like that. It was. It, I think it's the highest ever regular season game to finish over 150 points for both teams. I just couldn't stand how the motherfuckers were talking about it like it's a good game. Nah. No. Nah. nah. It was shots going in, but, yeah, you weren't seeing anything at the other end. They were just getting open looks and walking into the lane and... Some of the comments I've seen on social media saying, oh, it was a good defensive game. What the fuck are you talking about? There was some pretty good offense in the game, but I wouldn't have mentioned the defense at all. No, no, non-existent like the fucking All-Star game. Yeah, so let's uh, let's just fucking go straight into that. The fucking... The best pickup game in the world. Flying, driving, got it. An incredible finish at the rim. You want him to win on the show, and that's what he's doing. Going old school. I'm going with Mr. Triple Double himself right here. Nicola Joker. The Joker. All-star game 2023. A white guy wins the dunk comp, a black guy wins the three-point shootout. Hate to say it, but that's what people say about it. That's the most memorable narrative. For some people looking at All-Star Weekend, I honestly didn't watch any of it except the three-point shot. Uh, you, you watched a lot more than I did. Yeah, I still have a mild amount of interest in that part of it, but the rest of it I, I skipped completely, being that I knew it would be, would be a load of shit. Now, dunk contest was was decent, man. I mean, you know, the, the, the most pleasing thing about it? Dunks went in first try. It wasn't guys backing up five, six times to try and get a dunk down. These dudes were throwing them down. And that was some pretty good dunks. You know, Matt McClung, um, I like the guy. He's not going to be a player in the NBA. He tries to, in, in the press conference after the dunk comp, he's sort of saying, yeah, you're going to see me on the court. I do this, I do that. I'm, You know, it's all for my G League homies. I'd, I doubt he makes that Philly rotation. No, nah, well, I think 12 hours before the All-Star uh, weekend or the game or whatever, Philly signed him to a two-way contract. There you go. So does that? speak to this guy's going to see a role in the playoffs? No. Just going to be And look, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the NBA just pushing Philly to say, uh, do you want to sign this guy to a two-way contract just so it, you know, it looks like he comes from so an it NBA look team like, and not a G League team? So it doesn't look like just Team Flight Brothers or Dunkademics coming in here and throwing down awesome dunks and they're not in an NBA jersey. That's... 
Yeah. Yeah, I think Oracle, you've you've done it again, man. You've you've absolutely seen through the bullshit in the media and called it as it is. Absolutely true. Like love Mac McClung. Nice guy. Well, look, pretty no, nothing nothing against the guy. He's fucking he's six foot right. two. That's it. He throws down incredible fucking dunks. But yeah, I don't know that he's NBA level player overall. I've seen no evidence of that yet. I was just I was I was thinking about it like, you know, the, the three-point shootout the last couple of years, you always had one or two of the best three-point shooters always go to the the three-point shootout. But with the NBA slam dunk comp, it's, you don't get that, you don't have that star power anymore. Like, those players don't want to do it for some reason. And, then, yeah, and you, you get these bench players that come they come in and do it, and you go, fucking who? Who? What? Well, that's that's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm not too worried about that, to be honest. As long as the dunks are good in the dunk comp, I don't really care too much about anything else because it's all. I mean, it's always been those sort of guys that would come in and, and fill out the dunk contest roster. It was never really the main guys outside Jordan, Dwight Howard, Nate Robinson, these sort of guys. I guess Jason Richardson was a starting level player in the NBA. Not necessarily a all-star or anything, but it's always been those sort of guys. I don't really have a problem with that. You just want to see the dunks go down. You just want to see the thing move on. And not take too long. I think Zion has already come out and said he would like to participate. Well, let's in, hope in he can. Comp. Let's hope he can just play any amount of minutes in the NBA. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I haven't seen. I haven't even seen any highlights of the fucking All Star game. But I did see that it was the lowest rating All Star game. I'm pretty sure most people gave it a pass. And I read also that uh, to get a ticket for the All-Star Weekend, right up with the nosebleed sections, was $3,000. Fuck out of here. Now... It's ridiculous. Oh, I, I just... Oh, I would not want to spend three grand to watch an All-Star game like that. Fuck no. Not unless it's like USA versus rest of the world. Just make it that. And then we may see a competitive game. We may not, yeah. but... We might put, put then, their pride on the line, put their egos on the line, and I think you'll see some sort of competition. But if you're looking for any sort of decent competition in that, like, you know, it's still there, but most of the All-Star Weekend is pretty lame. But as long as it moves along in a timely manner, I'm not too mad at it. The dunk contest was okay. You know, even if they have to bring in a guy from Dunkademics or whatever, fucking bring him in. They do awesome dunks. But he reckons he's got four in the bag for next year. He's already said he wants to compete again. But also, you know, the, uh, the the team Giannis versus team LeBron, and then they get to pick which players they want. Uh, Jesus. You you don't like that? Nah, it's fucking horrible. People do have an interest in that, I think. Uh, there's a, there's a weird interest in seeing the guys pick the sides. I think they've correctly assessed that. I'm not particularly – I don't watch it. It doesn't interest me, but it, it seems to interest a lot of people. But, I mean, if, if that was true, though, and, you know, I mean, it wasn't excess success because you just look at the the, uh, the ratings, the TV ratings for shit. Yeah, it's not – it definitely doesn't rate very high now, the All-Star game, All-Star weekend in general. No, the, and the NBA has got to fix it. Yeah, they got to change it up somehow. I don't know, just make it a lot shorter. Get rid of some of the events, maybe. I don't know who's watching that celebrity game and getting anything out of it. Have you ever watched it? Nope. Nope. 
I think just they're just trying to, you know, instead of making it a two-day event, to make it a three-day event. Yeah, that's it, all it, it is. Just filler. Like I don't know why they want to keep it at three days. Just have it all on on one fucking day and give the players the fucking rest of the weekend off. Fuck it. Yeah. That might make it better. Not sure. Um, right, let's uh, let's move off the fucking NBA and move straight over to the NBL where it's NBL finals time. NBL unrivaled. This is a world-class league. On stage of the season with Sydney, your team, Oracle, going up against the New Zealand Breakers. Are you going to watch any of this? I want to. Is, uh, is Cooks injured or is he going to play? No, he's he's good to go. Sweet. He'll be there. One MVP. So, you know, he's the marquee player in, in this series. He really is. I kind of think... Look, I think this will be a good series, to be honest. Both these teams are pretty well built for a series against each other. Uh, they match up pretty well. I put the Breakers ahead defensively, but I'd I put the Sydney Kings offense above what the Breakers can do. The Breakers can be a little bit patchy offensively, but defensively, they're very solid. Very good rebounding team. Very good at defending the rim. So it should be a good series. I reckon you see it. it's a it's a best of five series. Not as long as the NBA, of course. Don't have to wait as long for it to be over, which is a good thing. <laughs> and that starts Friday here in Australia. Friday, 7.30 p.m. Starts on, on, on Friday here for us, game one. What do you reckon, Frank? You you you're confident in your, in your Sydney Kings there and big ex-Cooks and uh, Vasiljevic and your larger-than-life Chase Buford coach on the sidelines there yeah i think so this might be the last dance for these guys you know if cooks is going to go to the nba maybe vasilievich as well i mean uh yeah so it might be the last dance and they'll want to go on a high note and uh, i think you know they've been playing extremely well all year and i think they'll continue it on do you watch the huddle at all on youtube it's liam santamaria does this podcast and interviews guys from the nbl no, no. He, he's done the, the most recent one he's done with Modi Mayor and Chase Buford. So, like, he gets both their takes on the finals coming up. Um, I'll just read you, read you this from Modi Mayor. He, I'll just read this out. The 12 day break before game one of the championship series poses many challenges, but the Breakers coach, Modi Mayor's biggest concern is perhaps one that few would have seen coming. Mayor, you used the bizarre term basketball masturbation to describe the temptation for his side to overthink things and overanalyze matchups during their extended downtime. <laughs> he's, okay. uh, he's a bit of a he's a bit fairly creative with his uh <laughs> with his language, Marty Mayor. He's um he's pretty cool, man. Like <laughs> he's an entertaining guy too. So I think we're gonna see some uh some good good sideline stuff during this final series as well. But his point there is, um, you know, there's a there's a fair break before the series actually starts. There's a fair gap between the first stage of the NBL playoffs where they have the play-in and knockout stages, and then they have about two weeks off before the championship series begins. That's a long break. It is. It's Is it smart, though, do you think, to do that? Or should they be going straight into it? Well, if I mean, you think that at least maybe it's like three or four days up to a week, no more than a week, but I don't know about twelve days. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a long time to be able to contemplate the upcoming series, and we'll obviously see who which team handles it better. But you know what? There's something about that Breakers team. I'd like to see them win it, man. They've been through a lot of shit in the NBL. Um, they copped most of the 
COVID stuff, they, they copped all of it. They weren't allowed to go home or nothing. So, look, just for that fact alone, I'd like to see him get rewarded this year for basically flying under the radar as well. Um, not many would have had him playing in the final series, I don't reckon, at the start of the year. But they've done really, really well on their home floor and and beat teams away as well. Beat the, if they've beaten all the best teams in the NBL this year. Cairns were limited a bit by the injury to Keanu Pinder, who was having an awesome season until... Um, Got a massive thumb in the eye from someone. Basically scourged. Basically, um, what's the word? I can't remember the word. What you, basically, his eyeball gouged out. Uh, what the, uh, didn't he have a, a broken eye socket? Yeah. A cracked oh, eye socket? Yeah, fractured uh, eye socket. Yeah. Bad injury. Put him out of the rest of the season, unfortunately, for Cairns, who have been one of the better teams as well. But I think the two best teams in the league made it. And... It's going to be an awesome series. Good on the NBL for this season. It's been incredible. It really has. It's Most games have been incredibly watchable, competitive games. And very entertaining. One of the most entertaining seasons that I've seen. And just continues to get better. Keep creating good stories um, and stuff for people to get behind there. They just have to get rid of Andrew Gaze from the commentary and I'll be happy. <laughs> I think he'll be there until he's fucking dead. I hope not, man. I hope that's one prediction you're 100% wrong on in all all seriousness in all honesty I love Andrew I love you yep. Andrew but please please get off the call well, they, they might even fucking will him in like you know you weekend and journey style yeah look you and Lenard <laughs> no no just do your little show on KO or whatever ESPN whatever and leave the commentary to the younger guys who can form a sentence better just my two sets. Yeah, I've never been a big fan of his commentating. <laughs> no, he sucks, man. He really does. Andrew, you suck at commentating. I'm sorry, but you suck. You're a great player, but just, yeah. Oh, yeah, just, one of the just, greatest. Uh, just, just walk away. Walk please, away, dude. Just be gracious and let the other guys have it. Like Liam Santa Maria is great on the call. Uh, I think I think Brad Hooley is great. You know, these some of these young announcers – and analysts and that, they're, they're doing a good job in there. you got to let them do it. All right? Just let those guys do it. Have a rest, Andrew. Please. And Lenard, yeah, definitely. Have a rest, mate. You were never a commentator, so stop it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's my – that's enough venting from me about those former NBL players, NBL legends. No, they're legends. They're legends of the NBL. Let's, let's not mince words there. They are legends. All-time greats of the NBL. I just don't want to listen to them commentate the games. No. I think that's reasonable. Very reasonable. I don't think I'm being too harsh there. No. So shout out to Liam Santa Maria and his podcast, The Huddle, there. It's very good. Highly recommend it, Oracle. You know, he asks he asks the good questions. You know, he's he's thoughtful in his um in his interviews about what he's asking the the guys. It gives you good good insight into into what goes into you know different game plans for different teams, how they view the league currently, and it's going from strength to strength. Hopefully, the NBL, and we're going to see it keep growing in the years to come. Let's hope so. And go Breakers, go the Kiwis. Fuck no. you, Sydney. Fuck you. No, fuck you. Yes, fuck Eric Cooks. That's Xavier Cooks's dad. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, fucking you're a fucking ballerat boy. And you're going against <laughs> a guy I used to watch playing for the. 
Ballarat Miners now has a son that is dominating the NBL, and I'm telling him to get fucked. What a great person I am. And you're fucking, you, you, you're telling, you're barracking for a New Zealand team. Fuck. <laughs> Go the sheep shaggers. <laughs> Go get one. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm happy for you. No, look, I'll just be happy to see a good series. I think, I honestly think it will be. It'll be be tough it'll be hard they'll play physical they're gonna foul the shit out of each other there's gonna be highlights dunks blocks you know all that good basketball stuff oracle like good stuff that we don't get in the nba anymore yeah that you don't get as consistently in the nba uh i think it's it's condensed more into the nbl they play less games the games are shorter and that's one of the things that makes it good there's more you know talk about parody in the nba have a look at the nbl fair bit of parody there guys I don't think you're up to the level of the NBL's parody, NBA. Did you see that fucking, uh, the commissioner's brought out uh, some type of app thing where you can... Uh, oh, the VR shit? Yeah, you can put your face onto... Yeah, onto a player, and it looks like you're in the game doing dunks and blocking shots and stuff. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Uh, oh, look. Thoughts, Oracle? Is that something you'd try out? No. No, nah, you're not interested. How about you fix the fucking game instead of doing this fucking bullshit? <laughs> That's what it... Take the fucking internet goggles off, Silver, and fix the fucking league. Let people into the All-Star game for free. Number but one. it's... You know, I mean, it's funny. A few years ago, we were... You know, we, we said oh, how shit the All-Star game is, but now, after this recent game, there's a lot a lot of other people saying this oh, this, yeah. this has got to stop. Absolutely. Even what was a fucking... Uh, the Denver coach who came out... Uh, Mike Malone came out and said this is the worst game that he's ever coached. Right. He didn't enjoy being involved in it that much, I no. don't think. Looked like some of the players were having a decent enough time, but uh, as far as a viewer standpoint, like I said, I didn't watch one second of it. I just watched a couple of the highlights. I heard about it. Other people said what they saw, and I just went, yeah, don't really care about it too much. Yeah, well, it's fucking done and dusted now, and it's fucking uh, yeah, get on get it. Let's get on get to the fucking pony end of the season. Exactly. Get to the business end, the nitty gritty. Let's weed out the uh, the shit teams and just have the cream rise to the top and punch each other out in the playoffs, which is like a whole separate season, really. So it doesn't matter that we've had a break, Oracle, because the heavy stuff, the heavyweight uh, part, uh, you know, the, the fucking, the good part of the year, the most interesting part of the NBA season is approaching. And we're seeing who's going to be a team and who's who's not. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to the playoffs starting, seeing who's going to match up. I reckon that'll just about do it, man. I reckon we just fucking close it off there. What do you reckon? Yeah, that's about it. We've been uh, going pretty good on the old Instagram. Uh, over 8,000 views on that Nikola Jokic reel that I did. Not sure how that does that but that's uh, yeah the instagram's on fire but no new followers really so if you're listening to this now go to instagram gt basketball pod and give us a follow come yeah. on mate S- click follow you got instagram click follow you see a stupid reel from me uh occasionally very occasionally um but that's it we just need followers on i just want a bit more engagement on there i got a little bit of engagement on that reel someone said i should move my head out the way of the tweet so they could read it properly <laughs> It's like, yeah, you're funny, mate. And then someone else said, yeah, he's 100% correct, dude. I was like, all right then, guys. No worries. Thanks for letting us know. No, 
In all seriousness, go follow GT Basketball Pod on Instagram. We're on TikTok as well. What's the what's the thing there, Frank? It is at G Time Basketball Podcasts, all one word. At G Time Basketball Podcast on TikTok. We're on Spotify, Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Go look at what we do there. We don't do a whole lot, but occasionally something comes out that the aim is to try and fill the void in between podcasts. I don't think we're doing that that well at the moment, really. But (laughs) well, I shout out to. I was uh, actually uh, just sorry to interrupt there, but but uh, what was I thinking of? Before we started recording, I was I was thinking of introing us as the most uh, constipated scheduling. Of a podcast, we're we're a constipated, logistically compli- uh, logistically constipated podcast. That's what I was gonna. I was trying to remember for the intro, but I um only remembered then. Oh yeah, you don't know when it's gonna happen, but it'll happen. That's right. It's like a boner. <laughs> the porn store stiffy. All right, Doracle, thanks uh, Thanks for joining me again today. It's been great. I love these little one-on-ones that we have, man. It's very intimate, very romantic, and uh, thanks thanks heaps, mate. Bit of a fucking bromance. That's cool. We can uh, we can do this. Let's try and get a few more of these out in the final 20-game stretch here where we, uh, we'll hopefully see, see some decent games. We'll talk about the NBL final, uh, how that all wraps up. We'll see you on the socials. That's it from us for this episode of the Garbage Time Basketball Podcast. Thanks very much to everyone who listens to us. Uh, you're all very, very special people, and uh, I appreciate it from the bottom of my loins. What about your loins, Oracle? Do they appreciate it? Oh, they love it. The balls? The balls, the loins, You're going to work taint. on the balls a little bit this week? I'd like to see if, you know, have have a few more visions and, you know, haven't had too much time to rub me balls of late, so they're a little bit cloudy at the moment. That's it. All right. And well, they need to clear up. Hopefully that clears up in the near future and... Uh, you can say, but I, look, I got to say, I think you saw some, saw a bit of the future today in just some of the things we talked about. So even if they are a bit cloudy, they still work, mate. I predicted that Dallas would win a championship uh, in five years, and they got out and They're went to Kyrie Irving. They're thinking this year. But uh, yeah, and generally those trades where he's going to be a free agent at the end of this year, generally they don't. Those teams won't do the trade unless they know that player is going to sign with them so the expectations are that uh, Kyrie will sign with Dallas yeah he could could well do I don't I hope he, I hope he does yeah look I hope he does too um, that's what teams do now they just try and pair stars together and that's their thinking on uh, winning a championship these days that's it let's let's fuck off mate let's let's go go see you later everyone get a sign off mate uh, oh yeah, catch you guys later. Leon, I'll probably see you in store when I get back from holidays. Nice one.